to Are You Instant Reaction Review. <laughs> I am your Our host. productions are awesome. Yeah. Listen, man. Sorry. If you're going to cut right in. I'm sorry. I am areyouscreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me as always is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week we'll be covering The Wolf of Wall Street, which is uh, getting a lot of people talking in every different direction. Yeah. So it threw us. Should be interesting. I got to tell you now, I don't know. And this is one of the things that I like about doing the show is, uh, you know, sometimes we know, and and I like that too. And yeah. but sometimes I don't know, and I kind of like I like kind of like going into the show. Mm-hmm. You know, if this were some actual show, <laughs> and there was like you know production and people and everything, right? We'd be all talking about what we're going to talk about, and then you would know, right. and right. and then that would not be so fun. Yeah, because I am wondering right now if we're not going to have a great big difference on this show, and we talk about that a lot. And actually, I should say that uh, you know, with the emails that we do get, if you have a question about anything or comment about anything, questions at rescreen.com, and we will uh, get to them and uh, hopefully share whatever you've got and give you our take on it. Yeah. We do get a lot of questions actually talking about the differences in our ratings right, right. and uh, the lack thereof and the fact that we uh, have talked frequently in the past about wanting to get some big differences and, yeah. and hope for them and everything. And, you know, there's just, there's not much we can do about it. We can... Yeah. <laughs> we, we'll eventually we, see something. We see what we see. <laughs> we know there are movies out there. Yeah. Where we have huge oh, yeah. differences, yeah. we just happen to not run into them. I wonder if we're not going to uh, have a big difference in this one because be we there. we didn't talk about it really going uh, much about right. what we thought about it anyway. Right. Uh, this is a movie, and it's it's doubly strange for me because it's Martin Scorsese, and uh, you know I have to admit I'm not the Martin Scorsese like fanboy. Yeah. That especially recently, you know, there was a time, long time ago, I really loved everything he did, and everything that he, every next movie he came out with, I was like, for that was not a horrible thing, right? right. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I really loved him. I really wanted to see everything, and you know, for quite a while now, I have just not really cared about, you know, most everything he's put out, I'm like, ah, all right. When did you kind of fall I liked Hugo, you know, I think just before Gangs of New York. I can't remember what his movie was just before Gangs of New York. So it's like, it's like Shutter Island, Hugo, those are the last Yeah, Shutter Island, I hate it. The Departed, The Aviator. The Departed was pretty good, but I, I feel like that's a movie that a lot of people love a lot more than it deserves, but it's pretty good. It's, uh, I don't hate that one. Shutter Island, I hated. Gangs in New York, I really hated. That's basically. It. I mean, and, he's uh, done a lot of The Aviator was just barely okay. I, I don't even know if I'd give The Aviator average. I didn't get a lot out of that movie either. I would say that one's like maybe, you know, if I was going back giving my star ratings down, right. it, that would probably be, you know, like four or five maybe, or something, you know, four and a half or something like that. But. You know, there was a time, clearly, where, like, everything he came out with, I was, like, going 10, 10, 10. Right. I love all right. these movies, and they were great. Right. And so, anyway, going into it, but still, he's Martin Scorsese. He's, yeah. you know, he's earned he's, he's earned the right to have average movies, yeah. if that's the movie he wants to make or something. But, anyway, going into this movie, it's Martin Scorsese. You're going, it's something. Right. right. Even, even when movies come out and you're not necessarily in love with them. And, and you know, quite frankly, he's far too in love with Leonardo DiCaprio for me. I you're not big why I don't fan like either. I don't like him anyway. You're souring on a lot of people. Yeah, but most of the time, right? Uh, keep those uh, emails coming in. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's uh, questions at artiescreening.com. No, um, you know, most of the time I can kind of appreciate him, though, you mm-hmm. know, and. And it's not really that uh, it, I don't have anything against him personally. I, yeah, there's I no, there's no, there are some people that I don't like them personally, and I'm just not going to like them as actors, right? But right. I got no problems with them personally. 
and you get things like uh, uh, what the, the Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. right? I didn't like that movie, but I thought he was fine in it. He's I don't, I don't think he was doing it. I don't know if he's a good Gatsby. That, that's a, that's a Gatsby. different story. But once he's in the role and he has to do his work, right? Right. I don't think yeah, he, he didn't did his work bad. I, I don't think he did anything uh, poorly in that. I don't. I don't know if he was maybe awesome in it, but he was certainly good enough. I thought he. I, I didn't have problems with the movie because of him. I thought he did everything he was going to be able to do. Right. A lot of the time, I can appreciate his abilities, but still, it's like uh, Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio is practically becoming like one word for a movie. Everything that he comes, <laughs> every other movie he comes out with or every yeah. movie he comes out with, he's in, like, everything. I don't know. Anyway, um, but this movie is, uh, it, it's got a lot going for it. It's got those two things, for sure. Right. It's, uh, it's even got just, uh, it, it's kind of a good time for another movie like this, I think, that's somehow about Wall Street or some right. character involved in Wall Street. Yep. And yet, it's get, it's getting like every different reaction in the universe. Right. It's getting people loving it. It's getting people loving uh, DiCaprio. It's getting people loving all kinds of things. And it's getting people demanding their movies, their money back. Yeah. And everything in between. Right. And that's actually weirder than most people might think is the everything in between, because there are plenty of movies that come out that people either love or hate. Right. But there aren't that many people. There, there aren't that many movies yeah. that come out that pe- you get everything. There's a gradient <laughs> that you get. I told you when we were hearing. Well, you had said, you know, so we're going to see this, but I guess the new rage is everyone's walking out early and demanding their money back. Right. And that was happening. Right. Around, you know, and then I said, well, someone that a friend of mine had seen it, they applauded at the end, like. Uh, like a straight like up the whole audience like the whole audience yeah, right, right. and I thought now I want to see because we were talking about right. like if you hate this film and you have to walk out and demand your money I want to see that on a point of principle right if the same movie gets audiences applauding <laughs> right. I have to see that movie now and, on a point of principle and so now the movie and has no one walked out in our film nor applauded that's true so we were the mean that, that's of, right. of that right. of that assessment so um, and and you know uh not only that, but now you, that turns into something where things like if you go to Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or something like that, it's like around 75. Yeah. And Rotten Tomatoes is uh, even weirder, maybe, <laughs> I guess, because it's got tons of positive reviews. Yeah. It's got a whole lot of massively negative reviews. Right. But it's got every review in between, too. Yeah. If you look at all the critic reviews, you get everything. You yeah. get every reaction to this movie, and that is a weird thing. It, yeah. it's weird. it doesn't happen often. No, it is film. it is weird to have critics, whether you're doing stars or letter grades or you know whatever it is that uh, they do. It's weird to look at something like Rotten Tomatoes and look down the list of all the critics and see like every yeah. number, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. come up from someone. It's 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 very strange. So. Um, before we jump right into that, though, I do. I just want to say uh, what's coming up in the uh, weeks ahead because it's going to be very crazy. And you know, if you're a regular listener, you might want to know what's coming up next week. Is going to be a big, giant bag of craziness, mm-hmm. and uh, we may even like just purposely go an hour and a half just, right. just to try and cover everything. We, we've got uh, her, which is a great movie. And uh, also getting a lot of attention. That's that's finally getting like a wide push. And uh, August Osage County is the same thing. That released in uh, limited markets for the last couple weeks. It's been getting a little bit more and a little bit more. And now it's finally really wide. Yeah. Uh, next week, and then also uh, Lone Survivor comes out, yeah. which is another movie that is. Both flying under the radar and getting a lot of attention at the same time somehow, because, mostly because uh, people are talking a lot about Mark Wahlberg, uh, people are mentioning the movie when it comes to awards and stuff like that, and yet at the same time you're not really hearing that much about it. It's almost like people don't want to hear about a war movie right now, right? so we're not talking Maybe about not it that much, again. I don't know, but uh, it's getting a lot of 
you know, like exposure, they're they're doing a decent job of marketing. I've seen a lot of TV spots and all that, but it just doesn't seem like people are talking about it enough. Yeah. For the amount of people talking about it for awards and and various, you know, whatever reasons that people are talking about yeah. it. So it's very weird, and uh, and critics are loving it. So yeah. it's a it's a big thing. So we've got all three of those movies next week, but at the same time, next week is going to be the last time we have a show before the Critics' Choice Movie Awards actually air, so we're going to kind of go down the list of those and uh, give our thoughts, predictions, what should win, what will actually win, yeah. kind of stuff for uh, that award show, which is uh, interesting. And uh, and not only that, but we've got, uh, we mentioned this a couple times, but Her is also the movie that you know, has its own Scarlett Johansson weird right. stuff going on because uh, the Golden Globes ruled that she couldn't get nominated. The Critics' Choice uh, nominated her. Right. So, and uh, and you know, there's every chance she can win. Right. Even. Yeah. And, and it's going to be and not just undeservedly so. <laughs> Maybe. From, from my perspective, I think she deserves the nomination. We'll see. We'll see what you have to say about yeah. that later. But. <laughs> Anyway, so that will be next week. The week after that, we've got uh, the Jack Ryan movie. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it right now. It's just it's been that's been the Jack Ryan movie in uh, emails to me for so long. it's like when the James Bond films are up. It's like James Bond twenty seven or whatever. And then and then it and then it gets a name and you can hardly put the name to it anymore because you've been saying that That for so long. Um, So we're gonna have that. Plus we're going to have. Our own special awards, which we've talked about uh, a couple of times coming up. But that, so that'll be in two weeks. And uh, for those who are not familiar, our, our own special awards, which we should come up with some names or something, um, are the awards for uh, people or movies or whatever that we feel deserve an award but can't possibly get nominated. Right. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would put together an easy-to-say name for that, but uh, it's uh, since we've got all the awards, like uh, we said this before and we'll say it again, last year Looper got a lot of things because Looper was a great movie, yeah. can't possibly get awards. And right. so we do uh, movie, act, just the big things, movie, actor, actress, uh, director, screenplay, and director. Yeah. Yeah. And the, then the week after that, when there we finally kind of get a break from uh, big things, we're going to do our best and worst lists all in one show. <laughs> and while doing that, we will probably get to hit some more on some of the movies that we haven't covered real seriously. We'll, we get a chance to talk about uh, some other movies that we really liked. And, uh, yeah. and we'll go from there, but that should easily take up a whole show right. <laughs> what the best and worst is that's always a show that gets people uh, emailing us that's good whether it's uh, we did we didn't do it together last year we did uh, one week with the worst one week with the right. best I remember that and mixed it together with a movie but that was uh, yeah, there was, yeah there was a lot of emails related, <laughs> related to both of those were there any this week uh, we did not get a lot of emails this week actually it's uh, there's been like a holiday lull on Big picture. We do have some emails still waiting to, to right. cover when yeah. we do our best and worst, right. and uh, actually some very cool ones. There's plenty of time to get your thoughts in on what the best and worst movies are, nice. and uh, you know, they love the emails. If the best and if the best movies actually have anything to do with what gets nominated yeah. for best picture, and, and we all that sort and of we stuff. also love the phone calls, but we're gonna kind of try to preempt everybody this week. We had a little technical glitch last week that we had a phone call for and we couldn't take and we're still kind of there this week. Right. So we are, we are, this should be, we're going to try to fix next it, week, but we can't take a call, but the, there's the a chat hardware that we can't find. Right. Right. We're, we're missing a, a lug nut somewhere. That's right. And it's not between our ears, but it's just a, it's a physical piece of hardware we're going to take care of. But if you're calling, we can't really do anything about it, but the chat room's open, emails, right. Twitter. Uh, there is, the, there is, the yeah, for if you're live, there's the chat room is still there. We can uh, we can take your questions. Because I feel bad. I saw the right. caller and I was like, man, that, that person is just there. And we right. love the caller, but we couldn't do anything. Right. 
Uh, okay, so the Wolf of Wall Street. So now we're uh, we're supposed to throw out the yeah. ratings Great to enough. start with. Uh, yeah, I hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. I hated almost everything about this Is movie there? from beginning to end. Yeah, and it was really weird. This is and, be and interesting to ask too, you some questions about it then. Because uh, we should throw out, not only is it uh, Martin Scorsese, but it's written by Terrence Winter, who really has uh, written television. He hasn't really done, uh, I think he's done like one movie, and I don't remember what it is, but he's done a lot, like he wrote like, for The Sopranos, and he writes yeah. for uh, Boardwalk Empire, right, right. and uh, stuff like that, but he he's, uh, hasn't done a lot of movies, and then it's just, boom, from nothing to uh, taking this guy's autobiography, you know, because it was partially written by whatever will, Jordan Belfort, what, whatever will say, it, it, yeah. it, the book of the his book. life, whatever. <laughs> the quote-unquote book. And, uh, this might and, be a and big yeah, disparity, t- turn that into a screenplay. Depending um, on how much you hated it. <laughs> yeah, I I hated it a lot. And not not only did it's I, I mean we'll, we'll just we'll just get the uh, awesome. we'll just get the ratings out. Have we zeroed anything yet? I don't think we have. We've zeroed closely. We've zeroed yeah. things. I think. I can. Uh, I'm basically at a point where I can't find a way to give this any more than two and a half. Oh, <laughs> I had, the, I had, the I had fingers under, I had right under the table, and I'm like, I know yeah. what he's got. Two and a half. That's not. That's not so bad. That's not real good, though, especially for a Scorsese film. That's it's this, pretty. It's pretty bad. I there are a few moments throughout the whole film where I was kind of enjoying myself, and it's almost like if I could just watch that scene mm-hmm. and not have to watch it as part of this movie. Right, yeah. I would have really liked that and said, wow, that was that was really good. But I should also throw out, even before we jump into your rating, I should throw out that this movie's just not for me. I yeah. mean, this is sort of like uh, the Facebook movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did not like, and everyone loved, and we'll get into that later. But, okay, so what's your number? This is almost like, it almost has a caveat to it, because I almost want to say, like, this is the grade that it gets. But in the in the realm of, like, Martin Scorsese films, this is how it also gets a grade. Because, like, as a Martin Scorsese film, it's kind of below average. Like, he's so good at all these other things. But as a regular movie, like, it's a little bit, maybe a little above average. So, in between them, I I'm, no I'm hitting, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm hitting five. I thought, was, okay. I thought it was well. That's good not in a, lot a of ways. huge difference. No, I thought it was so good in a lot of ways. That, excuse me, I thought it was good in a few ways, and I thought it was bad in several ways. And I thought they almost equaled everything out. And then what you have to kind of hold on to is the spirit and the and the kind of nature of the film itself, which is all unpredictable. And I think kind of in a way by design. Like I think there is an argument to be made that the things that are its negatives are purposeful, and if they succeeded in being negative, then that's actually supposed to be a positive in a very small way. I don't think you can excuse everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know about that. But that's, we'll, we'll get to it. That's uh, strange. Yeah, so... Um, Two and a half is pretty low, though. I thought when we that left... Is, it's pretty low at... In general, right? And uh, no, we, don't, I mean, we don't give a lot. Well, that's what I was. Saying. I don't like give a, a lot of two a general a film, but you know, as a Martin Scorsese film goes, if I were grading Scorsese's films only, right. not anything else like Twelve Years a Slave or Philomena or anything, this would be well below average because his average is so high. That's what I was trying to say. I think if I was like, if I had to now go through and stack Martin Scorsese films, I think this would be last. This would be we'll see, okay. absolutely last. And, and I didn't like saying. Gangs of New York at all. Yeah, I know. That so, blows my mind. So that's... <laughs> so just to get the minutiae stuff out of the way, we saw it the night before last. No 3D. It was very cold. Right. It was actually freezingly cold. And that's why we didn't really talk about it much. It was cold. It's yeah. a very long movie. And my right. God, does it feel like it, a long movie. And you know, that, that for me is... Uh, that was a big something. Detriment. Something that actually I thought I really had to take a lot off just for that. Not because it's really long. Three hours. And, and you know, uh, if you listen to us regularly, you we know that we <laughs> complain about movies being too long a lot. Right. But and, and a lot of the time we'll review a movie and say this should have definitely been twenty minutes shorter. Yeah. But what we don't say is like, and therefore I'm taking two stars off. I mean, right. what, what we say is 
it, it could it, have been it better. It definitely yeah. should have been shorter. Some movies, you know, could have been an hour shorter. Who knows? Yeah. The problem with this movie is that uh, once you get past about an hour, it was almost all I was thinking yeah. was how long this movie was. And not only that, but after it's long for a long time, it kicks off new things, mm-hmm. which is the most annoying thing in the world <laughs> for a movie that you're already thinking is too long. Right. Because then you're sitting there going, well, okay, how much longer could it be? Then they start talking about new something completely on. new, Tons and you go, ones. come on. And you know they're going to wrap them all up. Now you know yeah. it's going to have to take at least another half hour that yeah. they're going to have to deal with this. And you're going, wait a minute, I thought I might actually be close to the end of this movie that I already thought was too long. And you are. You're two-thirds and of the way through. And at that point, then, I, then yeah. I have to start taking off stars right. just for that. When it hit that because point... Because then, then you just don't know how to make a movie. No, I, that, that's, when, that's when, my when it hit that point for me, I realized, I'm like, okay, we're two-thirds of the way through this film. There's only another hour left. And I was right. like, oh, God, <laughs> say that again. There's not, an not, hour no. left. And not jab yourself right. or something to stay awake. Yeah, I don't know. It was terrible. So the thing that I was talking about just before, like uh, with the Facebook movie. Mm-hmm. Now, that for me, and uh, this is one of those things where it's just kind of my thing and I have to deal with it, right? Like if this were uh, a war movie, now I don't mean like Lone Survivor, which is a, a special brand of war movie, right. but I mean like a war movie like they used to make in like, like the 50s and yeah. 60s and stuff like right. that that are about the whole war. That's right. just not my thing. Right. And they're not going to work really well for me, and that's you just have to deal with it. I mean, everyone has a thing, right? yeah. whether it's horror or mob movies or right. you know whatever. Everyone has a thing that's just not really their thing, and no matter how good somebody makes that movie, <clears throat> you know, how no matter how good Gosford Park is, there's just going to be people who go, yeah, kind of not my thing, right? Uh, <laughs> and this movie... Movies like this, for me, this and Facebook, and there are obviously several others, but those are like the, these yeah. are the big, like, two recent ones that stand out. You know, when you're doing, like, kind of a biographical subject matter type thing, yeah, and you make, like, a movie about Gandhi or something, right? And everyone goes, well, okay, look, so this is what he's like, and we'll find out what he's like, and there's there's some... There's a little bit of strangeness there, too, if you go, like, all the way to Gandhi, right? But if you're doing, like, Muhammad Ali or Ray Charles or yeah. other uh, movies like that that have come out fairly recently. And and what you're kind of doing is trying to get a closer look at somebody who people admire and generally have positive regard for. Mm-hmm. That's like one kind of movie, and somehow that can only get so much credit from people. Because yeah. people are like, ah, whatever, right? Even though people love them, like like Ray and uh, even the, the Will Smith Ali, people thought it was a yeah. great movie. And yet still, it never becomes the next greatest, you know, movie right. in, in the universe, right? And then all of a sudden you, get, you take the same idea and you go, now most people think that this guy's an asshole, right? right? Now let's show that they don't even have any idea how much of an asshole he really is. Right. And we'll go, look, this is like the biggest asshole there's ever been, and I, we're going to show you in great detail how much of an asshole he is. And everyone goes, wow, what a great movie. That's spectacular. Yeah. I, I love that. And I just sit there and go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, <laughs> I thought the Facebook movie was totally stupid. Uh, from beginning to end, I thought everything about that movie was just unwatchable. I don't care. You know, he's really an asshole, and I'm going to tell you all about how he's an asshole, and now you're really interested to watch, right? No, I'm not. And this is the same thing with this movie. The guy is, like, psychopathically an asshole, Yeah. and we're going to tell you all about every single thing he does that makes him the world's biggest asshole, and you are going to just think that this is really interesting and be really engaged and want to watch it. And yeah. I'm just sitting there going, I'm actually not. It's it's hard. I guess my take on this is, first, very easy. I disagree a thousand percent about the social network. I understand the synopsis, but I thought it was 
I thought because of the way that the story was told, in, in lesser hands it becomes like this weird TV movie of the week about this bad guy. But in, in skilled hands it becomes an engaging story about someone who you may or may not like, but it has like this, it has like a story to it. And in some ways, Martin Scorsese, more so than anybody else maybe working right now, and it seems so weird to use as an example films from like 20 years ago, but he's known for Goodfellas and Casino and, and Raging Bull and things of that nature where you take guys that you wouldn't like, you would hate. You, you know, calling them assholes would be the best thing you could say to them, you know, even if you were trying to compliment them. You know, they're these horrible people doing these horrible things, and what he does, especially with a film that's stylized like this... No, I kind of don't think that's true about those other movies. You think, you think that a film like Goodfellas was full of a bunch of anti-heroes that were, like, upstanding citizens, and Casino was full of guys that were really good-natured, neighborhood-watch kind of guys? Yeah, and you I, don't, can't I, don't know, I don't know Bull. about... I don't know about casinos, but uh, even Raging Bull, I think, it's... Uh, it's not that they're anti-heroes, but there's, they've got, and, you know, especially Goodfellas, I think, even though they're, it, some of them are, are, you know, creepily evil monster guys, whatever, yeah. but there's some sort of, like, redeeming quality to them. They're, like, at least, they at least have a certain, like, code of honor in their, in their evil craziness or something, you know? Yeah. If, uh, like, for an example, I think if you took, take any of those movies and and make the characters actually like sociopaths that are really completely crazy and have basically no reason for what they do or whatever, you know, well, then they would be very different movies because sure, you course. wouldn't like and them and you wouldn't have you wouldn't have anything. But that's I mean, I think people still like the characters and still can. That's what that's my that's what my think is right. I think that I think that for example in the social network you just you know you're not a big Facebook guy or you don't think Mark Zuckerberg is interesting. I, I understand that, but I think David Fincher was so skilled that he made that story interesting in a way that another director wouldn't. Now you know I think that in a weird way, not to digress too far, that working model of a definition of a sociopath works for movies. Sociopaths aren't always like that. They're not always like. American Psycho. Like, they're not seriously just sitting in the bathtub of their own feces or blood and plotting how to kill, like, the neighbor. That's not what a sociopath is. That's what people think from movies. But a real sociopath just doesn't have any empathy. A real sociopath doesn't have any ability to, like, sympathize with someone, so they don't have any reflection of societal's imprint on them. That's why so many politicians and certain professions are excelling for sociopaths because it suits their benefits and their strengths more than anything else. I would argue that maybe yeah, maybe a mobster who's really successful has to be kind of sociopathic. Yeah. But also But not. the people in that movie are not sociopaths. Really? At least not all of them. Goodfellas. In Goodfellas. I would I would argue, I guess, before we get back to the Wolf of Wall Street, that you take somebody like Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas and there's really not a whole lot of redeeming things about him anyway. What people find no, interesting he's not about a great him, character. Well, I mean, he is a great character. Well, but he's not someone you want sure. to have over for dinner. But what draws people to them are the performance of that character. They love the way Joe Pesci portrays that guy. Right. And in that, that's what I'm saying about the social network also, which is you may have thought that all the characters were kind of whiny, privileged assholes. But the film was well, handled skillfully. No, I think there's only the one in th that matters. You just think that, that was Zuckerberg? Yeah. I think you need to rewatch it if you I want mean, to. He's, the Winkle really, twins are not really good the characters. No, he's not, but who yeah. cares? It, it's, well, it's really the guy okay. that we're looking at that is... It, it's, it, that's the same as in this movie. Semantics, I, guess, I think there are other characters in this movie who are actually, you know pretty much the only thing that I liked about the movie are some of the other characters who were yeah. actually kind of interesting to watch. Especially some of them, uh, some of his main guys that that were with him close to the very beginning yeah. who were not necessarily anything like him, but just yeah. kind of got swept up by him. Right. And carried along for the ride, and then went... Uh, I don't know if I do this, I get tons of money. Yeah, and we're 
you know, could not have been the head guy like Jonah Hill uh, like he, on their own. Right. Right. But only because they were, you know, got into him. <coughs> Jonah Hill's a very specific character. Um, I mean, but any of that core I, group I mean, the mostly, mostly the rest of the core group. Those five crowds. They were all pretty interesting, and we didn't get enough of them. Except for uh, except for the hairpiece guy, right? Yeah. Uh, we got a fair amount of him, and and he's a good example. But I would have even liked to see uh, more of the other kind of main guys. If we'd have gotten a little bit more of them, we had three hours to work with. We could have got a little bit more of them, right? Jonah Hill is very special because he's like the main next guy. He's really he's, he's like yeah, the right hand man who starts it with them. Yeah. And his character uh, kind of comes and goes at times, but I thought his character was interesting, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but Leo's character, I just, I, you know, it, I, I don't care. The, the big problem, look, part of this problem, and I think just as a quick aside, because I thought this when we were seeing the film, about two hours and 20 minutes in, we start, you know, the bricks start crumbling down on the whole, <laughs> on the whole um, company that, you right. know, Jordan has, and they start getting investigated by the FBI, the SEC, all of these things. And in that moment, we get the characterization that uh, you're saying. I wanted to see, like, when they're eating, the guy's eating donuts, and he's like, I just need milk. You know, I want these other things. Like, that thing would have been nice 50 minutes of the movie. <laughs> right. Like, in, if it had been shown a bit out of order, like, where we know these guys are going to get in trouble, we'll do it early. Right. Especially because, especially better. since they do do things a little bit they out do of do order. Things, and that's... But... At that point, I feel like you know this is one of my pet peeves at this point is that you yeah. can't you can't watch a movie anymore, right? Just linearly, just completely yeah. linearly, which starts to drive me crazy, especially when people do it for no reason that I can figure out. Yeah. And this is another movie where they do it a little bit, yeah, a little bit. If they would have done it some more, it would have actually helped a lot. Yeah, and yet no, we just do it because. There's a contract somewhere that says every movie must do this. Who knows? Well, one of the things that's interesting about Scorsese films specifically, and again, this fits a very similar mold of Casino, of Goodfellas, not of Hugo, obviously, but of, you know, bad guys. We're going to look at them. We're going to see if they're human, even though they're monsters. And we're going to kind of maybe think that maybe being this bad guy isn't that bad, like Henry Hill or with Robert De Niro and Goodfellas, Casino. The trick there is the lead guy is more charismatic, and even though he's a bad guy by legal terms and by societal terms, like there's something that we think is exciting, or if we were good fellows, we'd be like that, or wouldn't that be a cool group of guys to be with? Yeah. These guys, the security exchange guys, you know, the stockbrokers that could be blamed for all kinds of problems that we've had the last decade, there's not a whole lot there to get behind except the abuse of all the excess and the lack of any punishment that anyone's ever received. And I think, in some way, that's all on Martin and Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, there's not a good pairing there for this story, and that makes it harder to get behind, even though the theme is kind of similar to films that have worked like right. this. Right. And see, even I think that uh, if, if we just limit ourselves for no real reason, but right. just because <laughs> just for the arguments, just to do it, if we limit ourselves to, like, Scorsese things that we're talking about... Um, it, you know, you could have like you could take any even like Taxi Driver and Goodfellas and and all these movies, and I think you're right. What we do is we look at this horrible thing. I think it's really telling that Goodfellas was such a huge movie, mm-hmm. even after basically the mob genre had been done as good as it was yeah. going to be done, and eight jillion times. Right. And yet, Goodfellas comes out, and everyone goes, "Whoa, wait!" Right? right? We never saw it like that. Because exactly like what you said, what if we look at it and go, "I don't know. Are there are these real people, and can we make them seem like they're real people?" And even when you take like the side characters, like you know Joe Pesci, is that really? crazy guy is he kind of really a person too right. or you know whatever is is he really a guy who like you know goes home and talks to his mom and seems like a right normal rational person at right. times yeah. whatever and can we look at this group of people and are they really people and then what we made was a movie where we go yeah they really kind of are yeah 
And they're actually not that different than the guys many you yeah. other people. It's just that, you know, when you go to work, what they do is they, you know, steal your clients or <laughs> right, yeah. or do, you know, whatever it is that they, however they backstab you or, right. you know, whatever. And, you know, these guys just whack you right. and, yeah. or whatever, right? right? Yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's actually really interesting in Goodfellas very specifically because, you know, it's hard to figure out how the mob can even work, right? Mm-hmm. When the whole way that you get advanced is to kill the person above you, like, how does that ever work, right? Yeah. And okay. in Goodfellas, you kind of get a pretty good idea of, you know, how does the top guy ever alive for more than, like, a week and a half, Right. And then we get some idea of how it actually works or whatever. In this movie, it's like, let's, let's look at this bad guy and the situation that he went through and his story and the people around him and stuff and see if there's any human to be found there. Mm-hmm. Except that we start off by saying no. Right. Now watch Absolutely. it for three hours. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm saying, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't get that movie. And I and I understand. And again, that's part of like the complexity is when we when we went to go see this and knowing all that we had heard from the from again, we were knowing, we were geared up in a I bad was, way. I was prepared to this. be so amused at this film or walk out with you. Like I expected, <laughs> or just point. go nope. <laughs> right. Um, but I think I think that's hard, and I think that's a tricky thing. But I also think you know he's done that movie so many times, he doesn't have to do that again. So right. in a weird way, maybe he found a script that appealed to him in a way that he flipped his own, no, no pun intended, right. he flipped his own script and was like, you know what, and, and these clearly, are bad guys and I don't want to make them likable. I want to make them so detestable right. that you have no recourse but to hiss and boo. And if I did my job right, maybe you did leave the theater. Maybe you were so offended. And if that is the case, then that's, that's amazing because like, he's done it in some ways. Yeah, I don't know that that's, I don't, I don't, but I don't think that's I don't what know you that I can do. give anything to that. No, no, but but the argument there is Martin Scorsese is not a performance artist. He's not an Andy Kaufman. He's not on screen for six minutes to try to agitate you into thinking about your biases. Right. He's expecting you to stay for three hours, and in that, that's where he fails, because there's so many things of excess that that kind of like it's like an anesthesia. Like you just don't feel it anymore. You're just watching the gratuity of drugs and sex and law-breaking and abundance, and you want, in the end, like, there to be a comeuppance. Like, in the other films, those guys got pinched. Like, somebody turned them out, somebody got in trouble, and there was a comeuppance for them. And there's not really one here. And that also leaves you kind of hollow. All of that said, there's an attempt here to make this, like, the funniest Scorsese movie ever because of that excess. Like, it almost feeds into a natural humor. Like, and everybody knows Jonah Hill is a really funny guy. And he doesn't own all the funny scenes. Some of them are like Rob Reiner. No, and he's yeah, you, you know, know some of them are Leo's. He's not even that funny. And and I have to say, actually, Jonah Hill kind of stood out for me here. It's like uh, the, I wish he would make more decent stuff. Yeah. Like when he was, I think he's getting away. To when it. he was in everything in this movie, I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you know now, I can't remember Moneyball. When he was in, he was in Moneyball. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, and uh, and he has to carry a lot in that movie, and I think he did really good. And in this movie, he's got a lot of work to do, and he has to sell a lot of it well. And he, I thought he did great. He has been stealing, stealing scenes, stealing scenes. Ugh. He's been doing that consecutively for like the last few years. It's really hard to be on screen with Brad Pitt and to command it. Right. Like, to take time or to take any effort away from him. And right. in here, yeah, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio is a huge star. And, and, and I, I think, hard. unfortunately, he he's, he's going to have uh, still trouble, you know, getting people to take him seriously. Enough. Yeah. Because, you know, that's just that's just how the world works. It's just the way it is. You know, but, but he is he he's really good in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the, the problem I had with this movie in, like, the the biggest picture problem that I can kind of say, apart from the fact that I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, the, there's plenty of movies I don't care about, and I can, I think, still say, 
why I do or don't like them or why they are aren't good, right? But uh, I just I just don't care going into the movie. But the biggest problem for me was that it couldn't decide for me what it was doing the whole time. It was up and down, back and forth. It was really serious drama. It was uh, so silly at times for me that it was almost like watching Scooby Doo. I mean, it, and and then it and then it just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you know, there were a lot of things in it. There were a lot of things in it too that, uh, you know, if the movie would decide which way it was going, and it's gonna, it's gonna kind of throw this guy under the bus as being the world's greatest asshole and try to get some lessons out of it or at least comedy out of it or something like that. You know, when he, in the scene, it's unfortunately late in the movie. I wish it was a little earlier in the movie somehow. Like you were saying, if we'd have gone back and forth a little bit and you could uh, shuffle the time around, yeah. Um, you know, where they, where they do the, like, super lewds, and uh, and all of a sudden now he's like crawling around and right. stuff. That was like the dumbest scene ever. <laughs> and then when you're watching Martin Scorsese's movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, and then at the end you come back out and the car's all wrecked. I was like, okay, th- that's like <laughs> that's like at least two stars off for me just because that scene happened. Yeah, you know. That's like uh, if all of a sudden, you know, one face of the house fell and he happened to be standing in exactly the right spot where the window didn't hit him, right? I'm like, are you seriously telling me that I just watched that happen? I'm watching a Martin Scorsese movie and I have to... I have to watch that with yeah. the uh, you wake up the next morning and oh look it, actually the car's all wrecked yeah. come on I hated that but there's there's so much going on in that whole part there's you know the uh, the uh, yacht in the storm yeah uh, was ultimately just goofball it was like it was like you weren't sure if you were watching you know Twelve Years a Slave or The Hangover Three right <laughs> it was like. There's there's a feeling there. I understand what you're saying, and the, you know this is not to be argumentative. It was just a cover. Like I actually like the car scene. Like I like the humor in it. I like, I like I like the, the car scene. I like the metaphor for it too, which I think is more important. But I don't think and I'm not saying you because I know you've got it. But I think a lot of people don't see what that's supposed to be, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. But the boat scene. I hated with a passion because I'm like, now we're in Forrest Gump country. Right. Now this is just so ridiculous. Now all of a sudden everything happened to him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> everything that happened in the 80s happened to him. It's almost like, um, it, and you know, somehow this it wouldn't maybe necessarily be that bad a movie if you did it right. Right. But it's almost like we're inventing a fake guy that we're just going to have all of this crazy foil, 80s yeah. stock market people happen to, you right. know, and we're going to take all of the biggest headlines of bad stock people right. and make all of those events happen to this one person. And this is, you know, like one of those examples, right? Yeah. If this is what really happened to him, then change it. you got to fix it. Yeah, this is one of these things that when you point out, I always crack up about, because it's not working. If that was really true, right? I don't buy it. Like, <laughs> I never put it down. You know, and I get that scene, too, in a way, like the car scene, like you're taking the excess... And I understand what they're trying to do. He's basically running against the clock to get to Monaco to save $20 million. He's squirreled away in his wife's aunt's account. And, and she's you know, dead. So he's got to run. And I understand what they're doing. But that whole scene is so stupid, unless what it is as a metaphor is the, you know, the excess of wealth against nature. And therefore what right, is natural. But then and natural wins and there's no penalty. But that you don't but, do it like that. But then it's... Right. Because then it's... Then it's like it's something that didn't really happen, and we're throwing it in for some reason. Just for we're changing what really yes. happened to do right. this, and if that's that's even worse. Right. But if it is exactly when that what happened, happened, I knew you were going to bring that up, and I'm like, this is going to be. You have to change that. Right. Like, you just have you put the screenplay down, and you go make a phone call. And right. You're like, look, this page and, is gone. And, and you know what's the worst part about it for me is when they get rescued, 
and his plane crashes. Mm-hmm. He like watches his plane crash. He he ordered a plane yeah. to come pick him I up. I thought that was funny too. That was a good part. That was I was okay with that. Even looking out the window and this right. plane just explodes. And then him. he just sits there and he's got like no expression on his yeah, face. Yeah, that was actually that was that actually was like a decent part yeah. in the in a movie that I already can't stand. Yeah. But. But we should have got there we, in a have way waited. better way, right. right? I agree. You know, another thing that was a problem for me with the film, in comparison to some way of Scorsese's other films like this, is there's really no antagonism, except for, unless you want to flip it, you know, if you want to say that Jordan Belfort is the antagonist instead of being the protagonist of the story. Right. But, but you've got Kyle Chandler you've got is the, the FBI guy, and he's, he does so little for right. an hour and 50 minutes that you never really feel like there's anything happening. And right. in true Scorsese fashion, you don't just get to see the bad guys. You live their life. You go right. right in. You do everything with them. And if that's an attempt to humanize, it doesn't work here. Right. What's really missing is opposition. Even in, like, Goodfellas, which we, you know, which I keep bringing up, there's opposition amongst the monsters. Like, there's... Right. there's they have their own. Well, there's going against each other, and then the feds come in. And, and but you, the feds and aren't you, even the bad guy at the end. You don't have... In this one, it's, all, it's almost like uh, if in Goodfellas, you know, you just had your super mobster. Yeah. And everyone under him just the whole time was always going, hooray for being here. Right. And, and, right. and how awesome are you? Right. And... And there is no, there, there's nothing there's to, nothing to there's contest. no one going after each other. And even in a really weird way, there are so many things in this movie that it's almost like they refused to do, but they knew they were there. Mm-hmm. And you're going, well, wait a minute, right? Because they kind of mention making the place into a wolf pit. Yeah, because that's how you get them to make money. Because we will have them all hate each other and right. try and kill each other yeah. off and in order to get the money and everything. Right. But we just kind of say it and go. Don't show it. See, by the way, see, right. look, they are at each yeah. other's throats or something. But they never do anything with it, and yeah. that is something too. If we could flip around the time, uh, like we said, and we had the uh, part where he's going after the 20 million somewhere earlier we actually showed something of creating that atmosphere right. and you know if he if by the end of the movie he somehow got all the money he got mm-hmm. by turning all these people into little mini me's who were all trying to kill each other in right. order to make profit instead of basically just by showing up like right. he makes his money just by showing up, yeah, right. And, right? And there, and that doesn't like give you anything, you know. Yeah. He, we get the one scene that's not a terrible scene, where they first decide they're going to go after rich people, and right. he gets some rich guy for a bunch of money on these penny, penny stocks. stocks. That scene is awesome. Too, that scene works, yeah. right? <clears throat> but we don't really get from there to anywhere. We right. we don't move along and we need to somehow. Yeah. Because he goes from, you know, having like twenty people in a garage to, you know, owning like a whole floor or having their offices in like a whole floor at the top of some giant New York building and there's like nothing in between. Right. And there's no and there needs to be some sort of, you know, that whole how did how did that happen? What did he do to those people? Yeah. Or, you know, something to I work think from. For me, the part of the film <laughs> I'm always cracking up what I'm about to say, like the first half, and I realize that's most you know, epic films. It was it was awesome when you said somewhere around the t- two twenty <laughs> mark and what you meant was there's a whole bunch after so that was awesome. minutes. For me the stuff that works in the film that I felt was the most enjoyable and the most not professional, but like kind of coherent, was probably the first hour and a half where you actually learn yeah. about him. He goes through the same... At, at least the first hour. If, 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 you ma- if you make it the first hour, I think right. the whole first hour is really pretty good. And what's best about it is that uh, you have no idea where you're going to right. end up. Right. Because you, if, if it let that count out of the bag, it wouldn't have been as good either. Right. <laughs> no, right. And it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But some of the stuff where he learns about, you know, real stocks from a Matthew McConaughey who is clearly fresh off from filming Dallas Buyers Club. 
He is right because he, he had he had put on he had weight yet, yet or whatever, yeah. and, and he's in these. I mean, in in a very weird mistake. Not not that I'm one to try to look for goofs in a movie, but he's this super rich, wealthy broker, and he doesn't fit his clothes at all. Not because right, he's right. so gaunt from Dallas Buyers Club. It's right. actually kind of weird to see him be that skeletal still, but. He learns about all the stock stuff there, and he gets all of his education, basically like, you know, an indictment, a 15-minute scene that's great, that right. is basically an indictment of everything that's wrong with banking and, and brokerage right now. And I kind of felt like that was the film that should have kept continuing, like a Martin Scorsese kind of modern-day thing. And then when he goes to the penny stocks, when he learns how, like, real money can be hustled, like, that's, the doors are right. wide open. And then after that, it kind of peters out pretty slowly, but consecutively downhill. There were a few funny scenes that happened, a few interesting things. You're like, man, these guys are out of control. And, and you know, by the time the movie's over, one of the things, because I really liked that every moment Matthew McConaughey was in the movie. Oh, yeah, he's and great. I'm not his biggest fan. I know. He was either, great. But he was, he was really good. And, the, you know, the three-hour time limit, time uh, run, creates other weird problems. Because for me, by the time mm-hmm. you get to the end, yeah. right, you are too far away from the beginning. Yeah. It, it's just because all the Matthew McConaughey stuff, because what's, what was really interesting, if you go back and think about it, to me, I think it's kind of interesting, is that uh, McConaughey's rich mm-hmm. and is like the number one guy at this, uh, this big investment firm. Yeah. And he, over one lunch, you know, he thinks yeah. he's given all of the secrets yeah. of how to do your job very few of which actually have anything to do with doing the job. Right. And all the and he's not actually doing anything illegal. Right. Even though he's maybe, you know, discussing problems with how the stock market works or things <laughs> yeah. that are not good about it. Yeah. They don't do anything illegal there. Right. They're just trading stocks. They're yeah. just um, you know, from their perspective, they're kind of like screwing people into buying stocks or not taking no for an answer because if you don't buy the stock, I don't get my commission. I don't care if it's a good stock or bad stock. Right. I may tell you it's going to go up. I don't know. Nobody knows. But yeah, right. all, all yeah. I need to know is that you buy it and I get my commission. Right. right? And yet, but they're not doing anything illegal. Yeah. If he would have actually just done that, right. he would have never would have been, been doing anything right. wrong. Yeah. And, and that, and again, there were some of the smartest, most kind of pointed things come in that first hour where he's basically right. giving that indictment of this is why the system is screwed up. And even the guys on the inside know they're never going to get caught because they're not breaking any laws. Right, right. Like they're relying on people to be foolish with their money and they benefit. And then later what you do is you basically want to see, well, let's see what happens when we have nothing to answer for and we keep getting money to replenish right. you know, over and over again. And whether that's stockbrokers or your Paris Hilton crowd or whomever, it's basically the same thing. We're supposed to detest this so much, but we can't stop feeding it ourselves. Which is also a strange thing because I would have liked to get a little bit more. You almost get this point in the movie where, you know, at some point there's he, he kind of talks about how but we just kept making money. And what do you do when you keep making money? And then he buys this insanely yeah. gigantic engagement ring yeah. for uh, the person he was. His wife. He was shortly before cheating on his wife with and yeah. everything. And, you know, I don't know, you get kind of wrapped up in it. And he's, and he's going, but we just kept making money. So what do you do? And what they do is they have no idea what to spend their money on. Yeah. And no matter how fast they make the money, they just keep spending it even faster or whatever on completely ridiculous stuff, right? And it almost got to a point for me where I started to wonder about some of the other people involved in it because uh, many of the other people were actually kind of normal-ish people. Yeah who just got wrapped up in it early on. And the more he talked about it, the more I thought, you know, someone is going to go, I have $5 million. Right. I'm home. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a cabin right. and never have to work again. Right. You know, someone, I thought, you know, especially once they start, you know, doing clearly illegal stuff. And yeah. You know, who knows? I don't know. But another thing that I didn't like about the movie, and I just don't understand it, and it, made it stand out too much was 
that twenty million dollars that he's after needed to be more money. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I and I don't get why it wasn't, except maybe it's the true story. Uh, it might who, be. Who might knows? Be, right. It might be desensitized. That twenty million today doesn't mean as much as it did in '81, but still, I right. felt the same thing. I'm like, let it go. You just said, lost a yacht that was that. Right. And that's that's exactly why. Right. Because if it would have all come together different, right? He just put a $20 million yacht on the bottom of the ocean, including the, you know, $3 million helicopter that was on it in his chase to get $20 million, which makes absolutely no sense. And at that point, you know, all he had to do was go work for, go home. And, and it was just insane. And there's an earlier point where he's talking about how he didn't quite make a million a week in one year. Right. You're going well, okay, dude. Then twenty million is right. not really something right. that you're risking your life for. Yeah, right. So you got to work I mean, four months, but yeah. And and the way they were doing it, they were just you know going up and up and right. up, and then the whole Steve Madden thing, which I yeah. thought was awesome yeah. because because I thought that was a special kind of awesome because I remember that commercial. Yeah. So that was like <laughs> that was like horrifying That's and funny. awesome at the same time. I, I guess, look, we're getting pretty close to the end. I know I don't really have tons more to say. I'll just say this. If you like Martin Scorsese films and the formula, you know, the kind of formula that he has for those kind of films, this has that formula. You know, the the Henry Hill talking directly to the camera. You right. Know, Jordan Belfort addresses the audience, breaks that fourth wall. There's always some third-rate henchman who's somebody's cousin's brother who was important for two hours and messed it up, and now they're pinched. Right. Like, all of those things are in this film. It's just lacking some of the things that are very familiar or strong that make the other films work right. all, all the time on their own. Right. And it's not wholly, you know, because it's a three-hour thing. The time doesn't help this thing at all because only it meanders so much. But if it were tighter... You know, a two-hour and twenty-minute film that was on par with Casino with this kind of subject matter, we'd be telling a whole different story. Right, I think so too. I think so. it, I think it would have been mm-hmm. a lot better. And you know, the the part where you know he's just—it's uh, a story somehow about someone who's just evil, which is boring, right? For me, anyway. Me evil, too. evil is boring. If yeah. you're just completely evil, that's there's nothing good about that. And the problem is, after that point, you were talking about. When we get through like the first hour, maybe hour and a half, or somewhere right around right. there, yeah. where things are actually pretty interesting and good and stuff's working, there's a point where all of a sudden what the movie does is now it's just here's another example, here's another example, here's another example. And that's all the movie does for almost the whole rest of the time until you get down to like maybe 25 minutes yeah. left. And that whole part is just so boring. It's just like, here's another spin on it. Here's another example of him being completely loaded. And, you know, the thing that could have possibly done a lot of saving of this movie for me is that if we would have actually paid a little bit more attention to uh, the fact that he's stupid, which I think is, is... it was interesting to get out of someone's own autobiography into the movie, yeah. right? Yeah. But what is kind of interesting for me is that the movie kept pointing at a variety of ways where it's really kind of saying, and look at how he's stupid, right? which could have been really interesting. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. like when he just can't quite bring himself to take the deal, right? which... Anyone right. with even the Any smallest yeah. brain yeah, right. knew that was a great idea. Would have taken that and and like his own dad is saying, I thought it was cool that his own dad was involved to the extent that yeah. he was. Yeah, because then true. it's like not that hard to see how you become kind of crazy right. if your dad is right. is where he is. Yeah. Um, but if they would have just played that a little more, so that at the end when he's given that big speech and doesn't take the deal you get a little bit more out of it if we would have paid some more attention to that. Because just to go, look, you can be stupid in America and still have money yeah. everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> right? Right. And But we didn't quite hit that enough for yeah. me. And it makes that end part kind of go, uh, you know, okay. Right. It, if you say so. <laughs> right. Like that's how I felt. Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, we are completely running out of time. 
Um, Nothing left to say here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure uh, to uh, catch us the next few weeks, and uh, if you are happen to come in late live, you might not know what we're talking about, but you just have to listen. Just to rewind. Me. Just listen to the beginning. Yeah. We've got uh, very interesting stuff coming up the next three weeks. And uh, so just to throw it out there again, it's two and a half for me and five for you yeah. on The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm surprised that so many people really love it. Yeah, I mean, That's the one I can't really see is where you really think it's awesome. Yeah. But anyway, huh? um, we will uh, see you next week with three different movies yeah. and awards coverage. So it's going to be Pretty huge. Good. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Share and subscribe and all that great stuff. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.